there's a certain type of person that has what I call the lemonade factor. That is the ability to turn a sour situation into something, well, sweet. Here's an example. In 2011, Nicole Ketchum was interviewing for a design job that involved designing decor for a Halloween theme. She came up with this beautiful modern chandelier design. She was sure that the company would love it. It turns out they thought the concept was too modern and turned her down for the job. Nicole was upset at first, but she still liked the idea. This is where her lemonade factor comes in. Nicole could have just deleted the presentation, drowned her sorrows in a night out, and moved on to a different job. Instead, she decided to try making lemonade. For two years, Nicole and her husband, who was also a designer, would go into his office on the weekends to use his computer and make 3D design files for these chandeliers. Slowly over time, Nicole created prototypes, put together a catalog and online presence, got some free buzz through blogs, and started making a name for her new brand, Hey Girl Decor. In fact, her chandeliers were so unique and easy to use that they got picked up by some pretty big names, just to name a few. Michael Bublé's sister used them to decorate a party. Mattel, the toy company that makes Barbie and Hot Wheels, they hang them up in their corporate design studio. And Nicole also got to work with Disney Springs to outfit their new store. Talk about turning rejection into sweet, sweet opportunity. Six years in, Nicole Ketchum is the full-time founder of Hey Girl Decor, a modern chandelier and accessories company. She's been featured in over 20 magazines and was a speaker at Alt Summit. In this episode, Nicole shares some of her growth hacks for Pinterest, her experience with overseas manufacturing, and how she managed to build her business while raising her newborn daughter. As you're listening, I want you to ask yourself, when's the last time you showed your lemonade factor? It doesn't have to be as extreme as what Nicole did. Maybe you made a new friend out of a funny situation, or you got feedback that stung a little bit, but you took it in stride, or maybe you literally tried a new recipe. I love hearing stories like this from you guys. Send me a message or tag me on a story at Inside Out with Jane. And hey, by the way, if you're not subscribed yet to the podcast, be sure to hit follow on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening so that you can see new episodes show up in your feed when they're ready. All right, on to the show. This is Inside Out with Jane Z the podcast that helps you build a thriving business without losing your mind. My name is Jane, and my mission is to help you build and grow your business while having time for the people and things that matter in your life. Join me every Tuesday as I sit down with an entrepreneur who's already building their dream business. We'll walk through their journey, tips for success, and how to mentally prepare for the long road ahead. Because building your dream business and dream life is the long game. And that's what we're all about, right here on Inside Out. Welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Thank you, Jean. Why don't we start out, you can introduce yourself and your business. Tell us a bit about your background as well. Sure. My company is Hey Girl Decor, and we specialize in chandeliers, faux chandeliers. 
for parties, weddings, and home. I've been doing it since 2015. So six years. And You're a veteran now. I've certainly took a lot of hits. That's a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. I still feel like I'm learning every day. Do you want to share your origin story of Hey Girl Decor? How did this company come about? So in 2011, we left Connecticut and moved cross country because the bottom was still falling out from 2008. We didn't have kids then. So we decided to just interview all over the country. And I was interviewing for Michael's Corporate in Irving, Texas, and it was down to me and another designer. And part of their interview process was to do this huge design competition. The theme was Halloween and they just said, do whatever you want. And I love Halloween. And I had come from living in apartments. I always wanted to decorate, but it wasn't the thing that I had envisioned in my mind. So I came up with this chandelier that is faux. So you don't have to plug it in anywhere. You just hang it from the ceiling. And my Mm. husband is a designer as well. So I was trying to figure out the medium and he suggested acrylic. So we came Mm. up with a Raven and moon chandelier for the design competition. Yeah. It's beautiful. I retired it, but I think I need to bring it back. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Maybe for this Halloween, I would love to see a picture of that. I know. I just, I just got a new cutting machine. So maybe I'll do that. And I made some fabrics for Halloween. I used to be a pattern designer for companies. Oh, cool. So Mm -hmm. they like fabric patterns. Yes. Yes. That was my foray into the whole decor arena. I was doing patterns for Hobby Lobby and stuff like that. So I didn't get the job. (laughs) They said I was too. I know. They didn't like the Raven and Moon. Come on. They didn't like any of it. I know. I should really check my computer and see if I can find that whole presentation. (laughs) I probably deleted it. I was so upset back then. But yeah, they said I was too modern. And oh, hmm. Michael's was on the cusp, I think, from moving from granny to modern because I I don't think they would have told me that. But back then they just, they were like, what is this? So so now they sell faux chandeliers in in their store for (gasps) Halloween. Martha Stewart does one. So I can just see how it just didn't land very well in 2011. So Mm, I liked the idea and I was just freelancing for companies like Eddie Bauer and Sur Le Tab and Nordstrom. And I I just wasn't having any fun. It's Mm. it's no fun being a temp. You're in and out and I knew I was talented, but it just couldn't get my footing in Seattle. So I was like, well, why don't I research this idea on the side on weekends? So I made my husband <laughs> every weekend for like two years. We would sneak into it. Well, not sneak, but we went into his office on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only place we could do CAD. So we could use his computer to create the mm-hmm. 3D design files that we needed in order to actually make a prototype. So we just riffed and designed and repeated and finally... I felt like, okay, maybe this will work. And I sent them off to a prototype making company and that's how we started. Wow. And had you used CAD before? No, and I still don't know how to use it. He does everything for me. Is your process like you would hand draw things or would you design in another software and he would turn it into 3D designs? Yeah, I always start my design process on Pinterest just so I can get into a zone where I'm like pulling pictures and ideas. Mm. And then I sort of sketch, but I'm not a very good 
sketch artist. I'm like the big thinker. So he takes my ideas and then we work on it together and I stand over him and I'm like, I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) You're the backseat designer. Yeah. He's like, oh God, lady. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. So you guys are like partners in this. I mean, sort of. He's He doesn't really think that. He wants that to be all me, but that would be my dream. But I don't, I don't think that's necessarily his dream. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So you mentioned you had these designs that you sent to a prototyping shop. Right. You got them back. And then at what point did you start selling these? So after I got them back, I hired a photographer and we shot the two that I had. And then I basically went into Photoshop and changed the color and pretended as if I had like a whole catalog. And <laughs> I made sure. Gotta fake it till you make you it. You have to fake it till you make it. And I found a US-based acrylic company in uh, Las Vegas and they had all these colors. So I wasn't like just making mm. them up. So this is what I could make for them. And it was like somebody would place an order and then I would custom make it. But I just threw up Mm. a website and I was like, all right. And I sent it out to a bunch of blogs to generate buzz, which it did. And then crossed my fingers and I was like, okay, see what happens. And I was still freelancing. So it wasn't any, I just wasn't sure if anyone would like them. You were testing it. I was testing it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So what blogs did you send them out to? Were these like home decor blogs? They were pretty big. Um, home decor and party. So it was like, oh, joy, mm. a couple of really big party bloggers back then that just thought it was funny and whimsical and cute and modern. And they just for free just wrote about them. And then that drove wow. traffic. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a great hack to know to get free press, find blogs in your niche, yep. send them free product and get them to review it. I didn't even send free product. Can you believe it? Oh, okay. But that was so things are different now. So back in 2013, uh, no, 2014, I started really generating buzz before I started really, really selling in 2015. I used that part of the year because I think we were done with photography and and website, which took forever, like maybe mid 2014. It was like pre-Shopify, pre-Squarespace. Pre-Instagram, really. There wasn't this influencer culture. So they were like, hey, I'll do this Thank you. You know, like you'll generate buzz for me and I'll drive traffic for you. So now it's way harder not to be a Debbie Downer, but it's way harder. Now it's an influencer culture. So they expect Mm. to be paid. They want product, which is totally fine because after that initial free lurch of press, it was, okay, can you send me the product? And so I knew that I had to set aside 25 to 50 to just eat got it. so that yeah. I sent it out, yeah. sent it out, sent it out. And that worked as well. Mm. And that would just be like your marketing cost. Yeah. I mean, you can expect to turn a profit, but you have to take that profit and turn it right back into the company. So that's really what I did for many mm. years. I'm still doing that. So who was your first customer? It was Nordstrom, which <gasps> wow. is funny because it wasn't- Big player. Yeah. And it wasn't even, oh, hey, you freelance for us because I don't even think they knew I existed. But- um, <laughs> And it, it, so I had preconceived notions in my head about using them as home decor and the complete opposite happened, which I found, Mm -hmm. and I still find fascinating. This buyer bought like six for a table and she didn't Mm -hmm. even hang them, which I was like, what? And (laughs) she just used them as tabletop decor. Oh. And I was like, oh, is that a thing? 
you didn't hang them? Huh. And she was like, no, I didn't hang them. I just made the tables pretty. I was like, okay. You know, and then at first I was like, geez, aren't they pretty big? They are. They're huge. So they're 24 <laughs> by 19. And I was like, so what am I doing wrong with marketing? That she's not getting it. But she's like, no, I get it. I just wanted to use them as tabletop. I was like, okay. Most people use them for hanging, but it was good. So from there, it just built. Now they were very expensive. So it was like a certain customer was buying them and that's not what I had really wanted. But you know, when you're starting mm. out and you're manufacturing it yourself, you have to, you have to start high and then try to get mm. lower as you go. And then Mattel uses them. I don't even have any pictures. They bought like seven or eight, I think. And they use, they used it. And I don't know if they still do for their corporate headquarters. They have their own design Ooh. room where they put all oh. of their, their designs, their toys or whatever. It's private. Yeah. And so like, you can't even go to Mattel without obviously like an appointment or something. So it's pretty secretive mm -hmm. and they yeah. all hung in there just as like an accent for that space to create a magical wow. space. So when I asked for wow. pictures, they were like, no, sorry. <laughs> I was like, wow, Mattel Nordstrom, what's happening here? <laughs> it was exciting. Yeah. So did it start to snowball from there? Did you get referrals from Nordstrom and Mattel or how did it go with sales after that? I think it just, it just kept snowballing. And eventually I'd say the Associated Press picked it up, which I didn't even know mm. and ran it in like the weekend life and style section of like USA Today or one of those. I had no idea. And then this woman named Brandy Buble was like, I need some octopus chandeliers for my book launch. Cause I made a book about octopus. I was like, great. And she was in Canada. And I, mm. and I was like, how'd you find me? And she was like, oh, you were in the in newspaper. And I was like, I was. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Free press. Yes. Amazing. And here's the funniest thing of all. I was so like myopic. I was like, that's a really interesting last name. And so after her party, yes. Relation to Michael yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. She sent me pictures and I was like, oh, cool. Thank you. And she's like the sweetest. And I was looking and I was like, wait, wait, what? And then I emailed her and I was like, there, you're, who is this? You know, like who's in this picture with you? She's like, that's my brother. I was like, she's like, don't you, didn't you know that? I was like, no, of course I didn't know that. Like, what? wow. <laughs> And I was like, can I use those pictures? And she was like, no, because I have to get permission from him and it's in his home. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, fair. I know. That would be amazing, though, if you got Michael Buble as your brand ambassador. Oh, my God. I know. He stood right next to the octopus. I was like, oh, my gosh. My head exploded. Oh. But not oh to name gosh. drop. That's... I was just like, this stuff was happening. And I was like, it took on like a whole, like, its own life. And so how did the name Hey Girl Decor come about? Well, originally it was Chandelier by NK. It was a nod to my name and I just didn't like it anymore. And I wanted to eventually just take my name out of it. I want to take my ego mm -hmm. out of it, my name. And so I was riffing with my husband one night and again, doing my Pinterest search and like trying to evoke, like, what does my brand feel like? And at this point, I know what my brand is. I know what my colors are and who my customer is. And so I was going off of that. And he just looked at me and he's like, you know, six, two has a beard. And he was like in a, in a very high voice, he was like, Hey girl. And I was like, <laughs> what? And I just like looked at him like, what are you talking about? And then he did it again. He's like, what do you think of that name? And I was like, okay, that works. 
<laughs> and then, I mean, that was after me laughing hysterically. And then I was like, I think that's it. Like I got tingles. Wow. I love that your husband came up with that. Yep. I know. He's, he helped me with the oh chandeliers and came up with a name. I mean, I really don't know why he's not a partner at this point, right, but right, whatever. Right. <laughs> okay. So you had a name, you had your branding together. Did you have to like switch the name of your website and things like that when you rebranded? Yes. I had to do so all you had to, that. like change everything over. Yeah. I even, I was on Squarespace and it just doesn't work for e-commerce. Oh, okay. And it was just super easy for me to design. So I'd eventually love to go to Shopify, but that is like a beast I cannot seem to tackle. So I moved from mm. Squarespace to Wix. So I rebuilt okay. and then had someone do my logo and start over. As a small business, you mentioned like everything you make, all the profits go back into the business. Mm -hmm. How did you think about spending your budget and what were the items that you invested in from the start? So early on, I had a business mentor and he said to me, eat your profit um, by sending it out and generating mm -hmm. marketing buzz and then spend all your money on product photography. And that's exactly what mm -hmm. I did. So okay. it was proof of product first. We had a little bit of a crazy time where they initially were breaking and we had my engineer oh. brother-in-law come in and fix it. So once that was fixed, they haven't broken. My product, you have to show how to use. So I needed that photography and there's no way I could do it all myself. I had a little baby mm. back then. So mm. I just was like product for photography or I will, you know, do whatever you need. Or I paid a small amount of money and then they shot it for me. And that's mm -hmm. how I've built up my whole catalog. And now I have a really wow. strong catalog, which shows every conceivable way to use the chandeliers. So I would yeah. highly recommend investing in product photography and eating a certain percentage of your product so that people can test it in real world. So you can have that proof of product. So when a bigger company comes at you and says, I need this, you're like, no problem. Yeah. That's great advice for any kind of direct to consumer founder or like physical product, right? Because if you're going to be on social media, on like Instagram or Pinterest, you're going to need really strong visuals. Yes. You're kind of a Pinterest expert at this point. I do want to ask for your tips on this. Am I? <laughs> um, well, I was checking out your account and Hey Girl Decor has over 8,000 followers and over 80,000 monthly views. Um, oh gosh, but, it was I mean, even higher, at... but the, they've changed the algorithm. So it plummeted. Oh. I was at half a million views a month. <gasps> oh my gosh. And then something changed. So I don't know. <laughs> They're probably trying to get you to pay for ads now. Hey. Yes. So I took a Pinterest master course and okay. uh, this is a person that was with Pinterest early on. And she privately was like, do not pay for advertising because once they figure mm -hmm. out that you do, they will mm -hmm. change that algorithm specifically so that you always have to pay. So mm -hmm. I've been really hesitant to do that and I haven't yeah. finished her course, but okay. hopefully I'm going to build that back up. Okay. But so are you just doing the course now? I just finished Etsy to figure out how to do SEO correctly. And now I'm Got starting it. on figuring out Pinterest because Pinterest is still the wild west. It's a great search engine. It's like Instagram back in the early days. So if you can mm -hmm. figure out how to drive sales, which would be the best platform for me besides Etsy and my website, 
then visually people can see you can upload a video or you can upload a how to hang a chandelier or how to create a party or do it for a wedding. Wow. Okay. So I thought Pinterest was like mainly mood boards of it like still not. images. No. Wow. It is a okay. search engine. Yeah. And it's mm. really powerful. You just have to figure out how to use it correctly. But what are some things you've learned so far about Pinterest? Like what's worked really well for you guys? Well, I have early access and I'm not sure why, but I have early access to these things called create a story pin or create a pin. Mm -hmm. So a story pin is uploading up to 20 photos or a video. Kind of like an Instagram story. Yeah. And so I just take that brand photography that I have from people and I build a story. So mm -hmm. last year during the pandemic, it was how to have a, you know, a small birthday for kids or mm. how to have a backyard wedding with an intimate crowd. I just pinned to some boards. Some boards are mm. group boards, like party stylists or wedding stylists, or just my own because I do have a decent following at this point. And then it'll start just going. You can redirect them to your shop or blog or whatever it is you need to do. Mm -hmm. So that seems to be working. My Instagram, I consider it a, a okay. magazine and in a magazine, you have yeah. to every, make everything look pretty. I and mean, if you were yeah. to try to get followers on Pinterest and then try on Instagram, I mean, I think your head will explode. So you got to start <laughs> focusing on where you're going to get the sales the most. And mm. Pinterest has way more traffic for me at this point. And so um, people who click on your Pinterest images and stories, do you direct them to your website? I do. Yep. Say so you could even design a landing page so that you could track your mm -hmm. analytics just for Pinterest if you wanted to do that. So, yeah, that's smart. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear about your Etsy side of the business sure. too. So do you run that as like a separate branch of the shop? Yes. So as a small business owner, and most people understand this, like you have a finite amount of money to use for marketing and you have to pick and choose where to use it. And if I had a lot of money, then I could get in front of a lot of people. And then mm. a lot of people would buy my product. But if they don't know I exist, then I'm just climbing a hill like that I can't get to the top of. So Etsy mm -hmm. drives that already. Okay. So I can make it be a reflection of my website with happy colors and all my brand photography. And then their SEO is easier to figure out. Mm. And you can tweak it constantly. Recently, I just spent a lot of time tweaking it and now it's really driving a lot of sales. So they take a percentage, obviously, but if it isn't yeah. Stripe processing my payments, you know, through my website and taking mm -hmm. a percentage, it's Etsy. What are the percentage rates that Etsy and Stripe take? Uh, I think Stripe is 2% and Etsy, I think it's two to five. I'm not sure. You can also pay for okay. ads too, but a lot gotcha. of people can support themselves on Etsy and mm -hmm. I have a unique product. Do you do a lot of weddings? You know, it's weird because I personally feel like they are great for weddings. Mm -hmm. And that again is a beast of a niche that is really hard to get in. And I've been written up in Southern Bride and other bridal magazines and been in wedding styled shoots. Just doesn't seem to be a main driver yet. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe because I'm one person and so I can't focus on home decor and parties right, and weddings. Right, right. So if I'm just, I make a decision, then it has to be just weddings. And then I go full force mm. toward that. When I was looking at your website and the Instagram images, there's a lot of pictures with kids. Mm -hmm. And I know you did some work with Disney as well. Sure, How did sure. that come about? And, and what did you produce for them? 
So they apparently found me on Pinterest and they emailed me and I was like, this is a funny story. I actually, so I was, sometimes I just like to pivot like this on the chair where I just, I'm not focusing. And I fell backwards when I got the email. I was like, what is this? And I had, this is even weirder, but it's like six months before I had done a Kickstarter to raise some money so that I could buy some more inventory. And one of the things I said on my video was that they'd be perfect for Disney. Mm, (laughs) And I know they didn't see the video. So I was like, wow, that's a cool manifesting moment. And then I fell off my chair and (laughs) yeah. So basically they wanted to use it for a new store called the Disney corner store. And they wanted me to outfit two floors in Disney colors. So like the, Mm -hmm. you know, frozen blue, the pink and white and yellow, black, uh, different sizes. So that was my husband going back into the files and sizing them up to like 64 by 40, which is humongous. And I was like, geez, at that point, like, are they going to break? But then you just see, this is what I don't know because I'm a big thinker, not the designer part of what he was doing. (laughs) So you just increase the thickness of the acrylic. And Mm. um, I had to use the Las Vegas company and they turn around really quick. They ordered it in December. I had to have them by February 1st. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a quick turnaround. Yes. I was like working at Christmas. I was like, this is crazy. Oh. I mean, I was happy to do it, but I was also terrified too, that I would mess up or something. Um, cause this yeah, was like, like a you big only got deal. one shot. I know. So they arrived in February, put it up. And then I flew down in March to meet the executives and just take pictures and ogle over my achievements. <gasps> Wow. Where was this? Was uh, it... Disney Springs. Is that in Florida? Uh, yeah. So it's right next to uh, Disney World. And it used to be downtown Disney and they raised it. And now it is such a fun place. It's restaurants and bars and a huge Lego store and all kinds of fun wow. things. Clothing stores. Oh. Yeah. That's like a fun little spring break trip. Yeah, it was. It was. I wanted to go by myself and my entire family. And then my in-laws <gasps> came too. And then my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, I was like, whoa. It was <laughs> like a whole family reunion. Pretty much. Pretty much. Wow. Um, so it was. That's so cool. Yeah. Though. They're all there to support you. Yeah, it was very sweet. It was, it was Aww. really awesome. So everything came together well for that project. Yes. Yes. They were beautiful. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And then later that year or, or the next year, you also worked with Pottery Barn Kids. Just last year. Is that year. a similar project? Just last year. Okay. Um, what was that project? Well, that was not working with me directly. This is a this is a good lesson too for making sure that whatever your brand collaborations are, you should get it fully in writing and very clear. Because mm. I have been Instagram friends with a influencer for quite a while. And finally she was like, I want to use your chandelier. So I was like, okay, Mm. I need five. And she was like, I need five in various colors. So I ate the cost, which that was number one. (laughs) And I made them in Las Vegas and she never told me what she was using them for, which again was my mistake. Mm. Number two, just I don't know why she's so squirrely about that stuff, but whatever. So she used my chandeliers to accent her collaboration with Pottery Barn Kids Mm -hmm. and their Halloween costumes. So she put together (gasps) like a whole huge thing 
And wow. she hung all my chandeliers from the balloon garlands, all the kids in their outfits for a shoot for Halloween to push their products. And wow. I was not mentioned, but mm. I'm still going to mention it because it was Pottery Barn Kids. So yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, that's a place that I have wanted to work with them and possibly have them either white label my chandeliers in maybe a different medium. It doesn't have to be acrylic or smaller. Mm. I think they're, that's a perfect audience. So I was yeah. super excited, but also at the same time, I was like, damn, like, how yeah. do I, <laughs> yeah. how do how I talk to a buyer this? now? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, now you have the evidence. I do. I do. fits with their brand. Right. So yes, yeah. that's on my to-do list. But it was exciting nonetheless. For sure. Yeah. So I want to hear a bit about your manufacturing process. Sure. So you mentioned working with this Las Vegas manufacturer yep. and you have a team in China. Yep. How did you go about finding the right manufacturers? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, when I brought my business mentor on early, he gave me a loan and I had a friend who knew somebody in Berkeley who owned a factory in China. Mm -hmm. And that's how I hooked up the first time. And okay. he had a team that was like an intermediary. So they would source to the acrylic manufacturer and then they built a box for me. And then to make sure mm -hmm. it didn't break, they built a foam insert in the shape of the chandelier so that it would be oh. safe packaging. Right. It's like a whole thing. Okay. And I made my first run with them. It was 350 chandeliers. And it was just a, a growth process. It was me, you know, FaceTiming at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night with the China team. Mm. I'd never went there. So it was like, how do I make sure each yeah, step is okay? Mm. So they would hold up the product and take videos. And then we'd go through the design files. And then we went through the box, the making of the box and back and forth for the foam. I mean, it was a whole thing. It took wow. two months, but it was really cool. And then place the order and that order included everything from making the chandelier in the box as one cost. So mm -hmm. when somebody is overseas manufacturing, you have to make sure that it isn't just the raw material that you're paying for. They called it ship to door. So basically okay. making everything as one piece which includes the shipping costs. You can fly it, but it's way more expensive. So if you put on a, mm. it on a ship, you have to factor that into when you'll get it. Um, How long does that take? A month, month. Okay. And you have to be careful because they have a lot of holidays over there and some of them are very long. Right. Um, like Chinese New Year. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So you have to, you have to time everything and they'll tell you everything too. I mean, they were wonderful to work for. And then the second time, I didn't want to work with them only because they were intermediary. I wanted to go straight to the source. Mm -hmm. And so I found an acrylic manufacturer on Alibaba and we went back and forth. And the mm -hmm. only reason I felt confident in doing that is because I had so much experience doing it the first time. Otherwise it's really difficult. There's a language barrier, which is not a problem, but you, you just have to know that when mm -hmm. you're going in. And my husband, grew up in Hong Kong. He lived there for four years when he okay. was little. And so he would tell me, Hey, don't use an exclamation mark. That means you're yelling at them. And <laughs> so just simple little right. things. He was like, like the, yeah, little cultural, little things. cultural things. He was like, just make sure he would like read my emails, make sure everything was fine before I sent them. 
So then mm. the second time I did a run, I knew what I wanted. So I took an entire box with the chandelier and I mailed it to China and I was like, this is what I want. Did they make it as great as the first team? No, <laughs> they did not, mm. but they're an uh, acrylic manufacturer. They're not a box manufacturer. Mm, Boxes were okay. a little flimsy. I haven't had any problems, but you can tell there's a big difference between the first run and the second run. Are there boxes themselves branded too? Yes. I um, had to send them okay. all my marketing um, stickers okay. and UPS, UPC codes and make sure that that was printed on the box and to have my branding on there as well. Mm, and okay. then they were like, no, you can't order 350. You have to order 450. So then the price goes up more. Mm. And again, it was just haggling back and forth on ship to door costs. I got hit pretty bad because of Trump's taxes. So anyone that actually made something overseas and then brought it in during the time he was president uh, paid greatly. And that was a lot of money. That was, un oh, no. yeah, that was unfortunate okay. because they were taxing anything that came from China, even though most Americans that are making stuff over there, mm -hmm. we end up paying the price for it. Mm, so um, right. that was a learning experience too. Two great experiences, wonderful, sweet, kind people, but I just can't afford to do it again. I, I did love so you, it and I have a wealth of knowledge too. I'm making a manufacturing course for women entrepreneurs. Oh, um, amazing. So that they don't have to deal with what I dealt with. So, yeah. yeah. So the last topic I want to talk sure. about is how you manage your work and personal life. Around the time you started Hey Girl Decor, you also adopted your daughter. Mm -hmm. That must have been a lot. It was. Can you talk about how you, you balanced everything with raising your daughter and trying to grow this business at the same time? Yes, it's, that's how it happens too. I placed an order for China and the delivery was like October 5th. And she came October 5th. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. It was just me basically once we, once you get past that newborn phase, which is hell, it's just a matter of me stuffing her in a, like a carry thing and just working every day. Wow. Um, taking advantage of naps and focusing your time. I think my business would be farther along had I not had any children, but I'm mm -hmm. so glad that I have her. And so I've had to work uh, at half mass for six years. Now she's finally in kindergarten and okay. bittersweet. And so I have mm -hmm. at least six and a half, seven hours a day. So <laughs> <laughs> life changing. Yes. Oh my gosh. But it was like quite an awesome emotional year. Yep. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I'm just imagining you carrying her while you're like on the phone, answering emails. And at what point did you stop doing your freelance work? Is it like as soon as your daughter came into the picture? Yeah, I just didn't, I didn't have the passion anymore. So we decided collectively, her birth parents mm -hmm. and my husband and I collectively that she would not go into daycare. And this is no knocking on daycare at all. Mm -hmm. That was the choice mm -hmm. we made. And that meant me focusing on something. So it had to be what I wanted to do. Yeah. So luckily my husband supported us. I think that's something so important to acknowledge is like how your business, like how your business fits into your, you know, with your partner and your family and like your plans ahead. Right. Uh, but it definitely takes the pressure off when like, 
one half of the family is like solid, you know? Yes. And I'm forever grateful. And at some point I hope to have him quit so I can support this whole family. That's my goal. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. This has been a great conversation. Yeah. If people are interested in learning more about Hey Girl Decor, where can they find you? Uh, HeyGirlDecor.com. Perfect. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you, Jane. Great to have you. Good to have you. And that's a wrap. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Did you think of a time when you turned rejection into opportunity? Let me know through a story or DM at Inside Out with Jane. Talk to you online and see you back here next Tuesday. Bye.